0: Hey Songsters, it's Deidre, your song goddess, your friend, your songwriting buddy. I'm still at summer camp in the lovely hills of Pennsylvania. We've written some amazing songs up here with the kids, so hopefully we can get those on a podcast soon. But until then, I'm bringing to you this week one of my favorite episodes ever, Kate McGarry. She is a Grammy award-winning vocalist, and this is a beautiful, beautiful interview with her about songwriting, about life. She's a great singer. I think you're going to get a lot out of it, even if you've listened to it before. So enjoy, and I'll see you next Monday. Hello, and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Dietrich Rodman-Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. I moved to New York City in 1997 to work for the Big Apple Circus, playing keyboards in the band. I got to New York straight off of a cruise ship, I jumped ship in Rome, moved to New York, met the person who's my husband the first day here, and I never looked back. But before that, I grew up in Idaho, in the mountains, in the valleys. Hearing the beautiful jazz piano of Gene Harris and the beautiful country and folk music of other people in the town. And I grew up adopted. I was born in Twin Falls and raised in Boise by a mom who was a pianist and a dad who listened to Beethoven and Gilbert and Sullivan. I grew up Mormon and I always wondered, who am I? I'm a combination of all of these things. I'm a musician, I'm a pianist, I'm a singer. I write lots of little songs, but who am I really? What's my identity? And this question has been following me my whole life. So when I moved to New York and met my now husband, I have two kids, played in a lot of different bands, done a lot of different things. I continued to mine these stories inside of myself for my identity my songs i feel like through songwriting and through songs i discover more about who i am so fast forward to about 10 years ago when i'm working with carnegie hall doing the lullaby project this is a project where we teaching artists help moms in prisons and shelters and hospitals write songs for their babies And what I realized during this process is that, wow, every single person I meet has a story and a song inside of them. If not hundreds, if not thousands, they just don't always know that the songs are there. So with Carnegie, it's great because it's my job to sort of help people find out what those songs are and bring them into the light. And I realized I want to do this with everybody. And in the process, I'm probably going to learn more about myself, too. I should also mention that as part of my story, I found my birth parents. And guess what? Both of them are musicians. And I have lots of siblings. There's tons of music everywhere. There's so much music around me. I want to help other people find their music, their songs. That's my passion, and that's why I've created The Song Inside. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the song Inside. I'm rocking out today with Kate McGarry. Kate is rocking out, currently rocking out to the music. I wish you could see her rocking out.
1: <laughs> <I can't. laughs> oh my God. Kate. Wow. Hi, Kate. Hey, Deirdre. It's so amazing to hear that story. Thank you.
0: Crazy. It, it was funny because I, I, um, Probably I'm only going to play the long intro for the first few episodes just to kind of ground everybody and myself in, you know, what happened, what led me here. But every time I listen to it, I'm like, that is kind of a wild story, Deidre.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Truth is stranger than fiction. Truth
0: is stranger than fiction. Um, Good morning.
1: Good morning. How's North Carolina today? Uh, It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's probably in the 60s right now heading up to... Mid seventies,
0: and you were just walking your dog. Tell me about your dog. I want. I heard just heard a little. Was that your dog? I heard, or is that outside? Oh here, he is. oh, here comes the dog. People. Oh, you can't <gasps> see it. Oh. out
1: there. I'm in, sorry, can't
0: I, I can't need to photograph. photograph the dog. Yeah, yeah. For the see. for the show this notes. Is Juno, this is Juno. Juno. Oh,
2: stop it, been... Kate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> dog. I mean, how to describe this dog? I'm going to say it looks like possibly going to rob a museum like with <laughs> the little bandit mask but very fluffy black and white adorableness and oh my they're nuzzling this I'll this is this is like I'm going to have to put an explicit warning on this because it's it's too much I'm making too out much. with my
1: dog I mean, the thing is this this little boy we've had him for about 4 years but we got him when he was 1 he is so much a part of our lives now, like whenever we're performing, whether we're on, you know, wherever we are, he comes to get his space so he can sit and be in part of the performance. And he always knows, even if we're streaming, live streaming, he's like, he comes and he starts stamping. He's like, <laughs> and looking up and we're like, oh, <laughs> right, here's your blanket, you know, and then he'll he'll sit there and just wow. be part of the vibe. I wonder if
0: he's the- a reincarnated soul of somebody. I don't know. I think so. I think he is.
1: He loves music. He just loves. He's so
0: chill, just sitting here. I feel this is mean to people listening because it's an audio, uh, you know, platform. But uh, yeah, they're being denied. They're being
1: denied. (laughs) He's a little uh, Shisu um, Lhasa Opsu mix or or something like that. I don't know. We. I'd like to buy a valve,
0: please. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to
1: buy a (laughs) valve. Uh, so, so we. This is not a dog I pass. podcast. one sadly. day, it was just. I happened to see it on Craigslist, and they they were like, well, "This dog has to go right now." So that was-
0: happened to my cat. Actually, we were. I, I had had two cats, and they both passed away. And then about a year later, I, I found myself. I lived down the street from the animal shelter, and yeah. I was just kind of like walking by all the time. I was like, "I think I'm ready," and then somebody posted that their Nanny had to move and had to get rid of a cat, and I was like, "Well, maybe we'll just go look at the cat." It was New Year's Eve, and Ben and I and the girls went to, and I saw that the lady had the, the box, like she was going to take that, like that cat, that was going to be that cat's last wow. day. Wow. And Ben just said, "We're going home with a cat, aren't we?" I said, "Yes, we are, honey. We are." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you picked the right man. That's all. That's well, what-
0: <laughs> so did you. I feel like th- it's a so much of of partnership is just picking the right person (laughs) that's the dumbest (laughs) cliche I've ever said (laughs) I feel very lucky especially in times like pandemics or well any times really it is true what they say laugh together cry together all those things
1: yeah
0: Yeah. Uh, so um songs song inside Mm. song inside song inside I have known you for a long time I have known you. Was it ninety nine? Nineteen
1: ninety nine. I think was when we met.
0: I think so. When and I first got to New York. Yes, I've so I've known you as a, as a songwriter, mostly as a vocalist. But I, what I have known is that when I've heard things you've arranged or written, it's one of those things where I really um, my energy level like zipped over to your energy level and it would grab me. And I was like, I want whatever that is. And um, I appreciated something that you wrote in – I was reading your liner notes of your latest project and that was that you don't write a ton of songs. And I really appreciate that because I feel like living in New York and being amongst composers and songwriters, it's so easy to have this fear of missing out and everybody's writing – all the time. It seems like it feels like everybody's writing all the time and probably they are. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but that was how it seemed to me. And I've never been one of those people that just writes all the time. It would take me, I think between my first and second album, there were maybe two or three years and then there was another two or three years. And then even to get the 10 songs for that third album, I feel like I was getting ready to record. The third album was a duo album with Steve Swallow. It's a piano and bass. Like, how hard is it to write for that? Like, not that hard seemingly, but to get – he was coming to record, and I didn't even have all the songs. You know, I just was – it's hard. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your songwriting. Well, specifically, how do songs and songwriting, how do they
1: help you in your life? Mm. Wow, beautiful first I just want to acknowledge and say thank you for creating this little platform for people to dig in and share about their process Um, it's a very rare thing where somebody's asking the kind of questions that you're asking and um, I just really value that and um, Look forward to, you know, meeting your the audience that also will come for that because I know that's something a lot of people care about, but it doesn't get much airtime. Um, just in general, this this whole aspect of art, artistic process. Um, uh, for me, the songs are like a, they're usually like an answer to events in life, and they're like a gift from... Usually it is something that's really t- t- trying or t- or difficult that happens, and um, and then you know if I put myself in the right situation where that where there's something can come through about it, then sometimes I get a song, and that's really nice. Um, <clears throat> and then if I'm lucky, also the song will can capture the nuance and the magic and the transformation of that event. Um, yeah so that's do you what, find that yeah.
0: when such events are happening, is it like a line that jumps out at you or is it I feel something and I just need to sit at the instrument or the whatever
1: yeah i think I think lines start coming to me um when there was a there was a point after my my um first my dad passed and then my mom passed oh. but- Within a year, they they of each other, right around Easter, Um, and and the the idea of the the, from uh, Cahil Gibran's um, poem about parents and children and how children are are you know the parents are the bow and the children are are arrows that go forth from them, and that that idea turned into you know a song. or a part, you know, as part of a line, um, and and from there, also, I was just contemplating my, because I was with, happened, had the great fortune to be with my mom, um, oh. when that was, when she was passing, it was actually, but it was over the phone, but I was there, yeah. and my and the rest of my family was there with her, and she was doing that breathing that was happening, and I thought of the way that she had she had brought 10 children into the world and that laboring and this felt the line you know mother labors in reverse because i i felt that here she was doing that you know this breathing that she but she was birthing herself back into um you know uh the unknown (laughs) into after this whatever that is and so sometimes those parts you know a part um comes out and and then the song starts to you know come around it
0: I've never um, been with anyone as they've passed and I've heard it can be a a beautiful thing to to witness it's hard to imagine witnessing the person that brought me into the world leaving the world Mm. 10 and 10 like you said 10 children I, and that idea of laboring and then taking that breathing
1: and going out, that sounds like an incredible gift. Hmm. I'm
0: sorry yeah. though that's
1: really yeah, sorry. yeah, no. I mean, she would she she had been suffering for a long time with the vascular dementia and and it was, you know, it was a, a relief by the time it was time for her to to be free like that. So we were. <clears throat> you know, we were cheering her on, you know, um, yeah. and, and celebrating a amazing life, you know, a, a, a courageous hero's journey for both her and my, and my father. And we were with my father as well. And, and that's in the song as well. Cause there was just like this, you know, beautiful moment when ran into the room when he was just breathing his last breath. And Ugh. as he did that, his eyes f- poured over. It was like, it was like, like, I don't know if it was tears or what it was, but his, that just, his eyes poured water, water. And, and as he exhaled his last breath, it was just like, it was like his tears were streaming down his face. And it looked like he, I didn't know if he was seeing something or what, but it was just, it was this beautiful um, moment of, that felt like that we were um, privileged to, to witness and be with him for. And, and so the song came as a, a way to acknowledge both the life that they had lived and the things that they had taught us, and also the gift, that final gift of, of when they left. Um, so that I guess that's a that's one of you know it's a really strong um, composition for me in terms of just being rooted in my in my um, You know Story of my life Or whatever It's called What composition is that? And Little Indians um, Because there's 10 of us Oh my gosh To sing that song I know that's now That's not That's actually Probably considered A racist title But um, anyway I didn't mean it I know
0: Um, What album is that on? That song? It's on
1: um, uh, That's on My duo record With Keith um, That was a, a live concert um. Yeah. So okay. the, it was a live concert. It's called Genevieve and Ferdinand.
0: Okay, I'm definitely going to check that out.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy.
0: Um, thank you for sharing that mm. and being so vulnerable with that. Mm. It is funny when you're describing that. My mind keeps thinking of of birth. It's so interesting, death and rebirth, and death and rebirth. Because when you were describing those last moments, I strangely was thinking of the birth of my kids, in which I had decided, and this is like no judgment on anybody's birth plan, (laughs) process, whatever. But for myself, like I'll take, you know, if I even slightly get a headache, I will take something. But I didn't want any um, meds for my birth. I want births. I just wanted to be really, I just want this is, and people who know me are probably like, what? You're such a wuss. But I wanted to be present in the, and it I felt like pain was not the right word. It just yeah. wasn't the right word. But I just wanted to be present and like feel my aliveness. Like mm-hmm. I wanted every molecule of me to just be in that moment. And then just to have that experience, go through all this stuff, and then realize, whoa, this is insane. Like, I I grew a human inside of me, <laughs> and I pushed that human out, and now there's a human. It's like, just that moment, like, there's no way to des- to describe it. There's just the miracle of life, and the, mir- the cycle of life, and the miracle of, of death, and moving on, and... Yeah. Yeah, I feel they're like so
1: related, right? They're yeah. related,
0: and I feel like as artists we're so lucky in a way because we can see those and experience those. Mm. And then, well, sometimes I feel very tortured because of it because then I'm like, something wants to come out, and I have to get it out there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But other times I really struggle to, to write songs about it. Yeah. Part of what I'm wanting this podcast to do is to help, Everybody know that they're songwriters. Um, mm. You know, they don't have to have trained forever and ever. Well, but then if you have trained forever and ever, you just have more tools at your disposal. Right. But I think these powerful life moments, um, there is music sort of inherently within them. Yes. And whatever you can pull out is is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, um. <laughs> And I I don't think it's just like huge life and death death stuff either. I think that going from darkness to light or, you know, from falsehood into knowledge, there's so many examples of that, like going from a lie to a truth or going mm-hmm. just any sort of recognition that can be a song too. And yeah. so I love that when I asked you to send me a sample of a song that brought you from like, quote unquote, darkness into light, you actually sent me a song about revenge.
1: <laughs> yes, losing strategy number
0: 4. <laughs> so talk to me a little about about that song. Why did you send that song?
1: Um I just think it's it's a it's a, it's a really important song for me, I guess in my life. Um I think it was it was during a very challenging time and um where I was really going through a lot of um growth and upheaval and I, I, um, and healing and et cetera. I had, had well, I won't get into it, but I, um,
0: Are you going to be mad I, at me if I ask you to get, get into it? You don't have to get, you, you <laughs> well, don't I have had, to
1: get into well, it. I'm just I had a vocal cord injury. I'd had vocal cord hemorrhage. Um, and, uh, and you know, over the, the year that this was taking place, I I had to restructure a lot of things in my life. Um, I couldn't you know teach or sing and or speak I was working on it like an iPad for you know the better part of nine months and I kept re-injuring and re-injuring my voice and what it was really there was a lot going on in terms of that I was actually trying to find find my my voice it was like I had lost my voice in life in my lost my way and and it was showing up in my voice you know and so um so I had to uh, I had to learn how to speak. All oh my again gosh, and look, Kate! At the time, it was like my voice was sort of down like this, and I just used to talk like this. It's down your here. NPR voice. <laughs> well, it was sort of. It was just. It was way too. Uh, it was like all the muscles in the throat were relaxed, but it was. I was exhausted, really, and also just everything was exhausted. My whole life was kind of exhausted <laughs> and it was time for to unplug. And that was what happened. You know, I really had to unplug. But during, during that time, there was a, there was, you know, different, some different events that happened, but I, I really experienced that, um, uh, the phenomenon of, um, of how, when you do something to somebody with the, with the, uh, with the motive of that you're going to you're taking revenge on them you are the one who experiences it and and it burns you so that fire burns you and there's just you know there's just no two ways about it it's like whatever you think you're doing to somebody else you're actually doing it to yourself Uh, and and so i and and learning that lesson was just it wasn't because I guess anger is something that you know. I mean, as a whatever, I never, I didn't grow up with a, a real great relationship to anger and to expressing it and stuff, and so it's easy for you know to be passive aggressive and and different things like that. Um, to get to get a healthy relationship with anger to me is like a you know it's a lifelong goal. Um, but uh, but this was one I think experiment in anger that taught me a big. A big lesson.
0: You are hitting so many of my good nerves today. So let's, (laughs) uh, (laughs) all right, I'm going to mute us and I'm going to listen. We're going to listen to this song, and it's called Losing Strategy
2: Number Four. The taste of bitter words. Smoke and flames engulf The happy home from which I run An oh. argument I thought I'd won Oh, revenge Instead of fire, watch it grow In the end Only reap what we sow We sow, we sow And here's the empty bed In which I'll lie Fashioned by my scheming love I've just watched die oh regret the lonely stepchild of revenge hide your car
0: stepchild of revenge that's a great line <laughs> <sighs> yeah. wow um I don't know anybody who's not familiar with that feeling <laughs> yeah of thinking that's it's also a, a trope in some you know hero's journey movies like you think you want the revenge and it's doesn't taste very good <laughs> in the end
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <sighs>
1: I'm so Gary. glad.
0: So Gary Versace, right? Yeah, on accordion, on, on
1: accordion, and he's and oh. playing bass. Uh, and I've played piano. This is the first what? time I ever. Yeah, I that's, ever recorded myself playing and singing. Hey, that's gorgeous. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful
0: playing. It's so sensitive, and I love how the lines kind of follow the vocal. It's really, really mm. beautiful, and I. I'm really glad that you sent that song because in a minute, I'm going to play a couple of other songs that are are about, you know, maybe more literally like moving from dark into light. But I feel like this is super important and it's super part of it is just awareness. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about cultivating awareness because, I mean, A, I know that for a while you lived in an ashram and practiced this kind of thing. But I also feel like I've always known you to be a person who's interested in taking what's outside of you, taking what's inside of you, and learning more from it. Um, So can you talk a little bit about your process with cultivating awareness and maybe how it's affected your songwriting or songs?
1: Yeah. um, Let's see. So so awareness for me comes from – from being in pain and like noticing pain and wanting to, uh, you know, it's kind of just a selfish thing because if you notice that you're in pain and you want it to stop and you don't notice that and you notice that the things that you try and use like, uh, you know, to try and get it to stop don't work and just make it worse, then you're kind of left with with becoming with going a, a, another level down to say okay well what's what's the source of this pain and so that investigation is um is what awareness is about you know how is that
0: selfish though i guess i think selfish gets a bad rap
1: oh yeah yeah i don't mean it in a bad way but i i guess i mean that 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 the 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 uh motivation for it comes mm. f- from a, a like a kind of self-preservation of wanting right. <laughs> to get out of pain and not s- selfishness not in a, in a, in, a, in the best of ways really, right just know. get
0: rid of the pain that's very yeah. human <laughs> please make it stop
1: yeah as opposed to some like you know um you know high high-minded noble like Oh, well, uh, world, you know, world <laughs> peace, you know, I'm just like, not that that's not important to me, but it's, it's more, it, it starts with, you know, the understanding that you can't really help anybody when you're
0: right. I was thinking sort of the, ir- not, I don't know if it's irony for me is that it's, it's maybe not high minded in the, with the world peace thing, but if everybody cultivated awareness, I think that we probably would have a much more peaceful world. <laughs> At The end of the day,
1: exactly, uh, and I've, something
0: the great poets have always known. Oh, that's a good segue, Deidre, congratulations, um <laughs> one of the things that i um loved about the new project that you're working on is that you mm. were able to take a poem and set it so beautifully to music because that's something I've been trying to do. I started a new project and I've always been scared to do this and I don't know why. So I need, and maybe you can give me some advice yeah. um, because I've been a little bit stuck with my writing. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll try to set a poem to music. People mm. like, hey, do that. Other songwriters have done that. It's not the craziest thing in the world. So I picked Mary Oliver because I came to her really late in the game I feel like I just discovered her and I'm like, oh, you guys, there's this poet, Mary Oliver. And people are like, we know. And like, Have you heard this? You're one, you know, wild life. And they're like, yeah, we, we know. So <laughs> the first song I wrote was that poem, oh. Wild Geese. Wow. Um, I wrote it at a camp I was teaching at two summers ago. You're one wild and precious life, you know, yeah. all that. But I felt kind of nervous because i'm taking these words Mm -hmm. that i don't consider myself a a poet i mean i do in the sense that everybody's a poet everybody's a songwriter Mm -hmm. but just the way that masterful poets can Mm -hmm. do so much with so little Mm -hmm. and i felt like i don't know when in the poem to repeat phrases is that okay i don't know when i should linger on a word it feels like a lot of responsibility to me and I don't want that fear to let to stop me. So how have you dealt with setting poetry to music?
1: Well, um, that's been another one of those things. That's just the feeling of some kind of necessity, you know, um, made it happen. And I find the, the the setting the poetry is easier than (laughs) than writing your own. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, so for, well, I, I, I think picking what you, what really reaches you and what feels the most essential to you and using that and, and shaping it however you want and need to and know that you're creating something different from that poem and, and that that poem is your raw material, but you're not obligated to the poem already exists, you don't have to recreate the poem. You're doing it because there's something else that you want to make, so make that thing. Mm, that's such good advice. Um, yeah, so so really just consider the poem to be your raw material and you know, make something from that, whether that's you're just using two lines out of it or or you know you're switching things around or whatever it's I don't amazing know, that's
0: how it's amazing how freeing you saying that just was for me because i sort of forgot that i'm actually not making the poem is already made like i am creating something entirely new so i'm not right. beholden to that i mean i'm beholden in the sense that that's my raw material as you were saying but whatever the new creation is is got my stamp on it that felt very freeing I feel like that I I would I owe you a lot of therapy money for that statement
1: <laughs> well the the only caveat is that you do have to get the the agreement of the estate and that is you know its own <laughs> its own thing yeah, its own journey. I was I was able to to get that from the both uh, Daniel Ladinsky who who is the interpreter of the Hafiz mm-hmm. poem that I set to music and then um also an ee e. cummings poem that i Care your heart um, that was
0: going to be my surprise kate oh <laughs> <laughs> i always surprise my my guest oh. with a song and that's the song i picked
1: oh that's fun well I'm that's excited. the same i mean yeah that uh, uh, i was able to get the the permission from those estates right. and that, that that is that's like uh, right you know, golden um, grail
0: holy grail I think. Which one do you want to listen to first? Um, uh, that put, I, putting you on the spot too much.
1: Let's do the, the one from the new the new project. Okay, good. Just, um, that's the one I was in the <laughs> dark. <laughs> what I was
0: going to do anyway? Why do I even ask? Oh, sorry, sorry. No, I'm no, gonna... I'm kidding. Um, I am just being really awkward right now. <laughs> full full Deidre awkwardness. But before I play it, I do want to ask. I love the title, "What to Wear in the Dark." And it sounds like from what you're saying, you've been in a lot of dark places the last while, the last few years or whatever it's been. Then we had the pandemic, we had the election, we had racial violence and continue to have it. And this project sounds like a response to a lot of those. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And
1: where did you come up with the title? Well, the title actually came to me t- when the first two songs came to me, which was eleven years ago. It was back Ooh. in in 2010 when the it was a year that every you know everybody my parents died, my my teacher that was like my main musical mentor, uh, Doctor Horace Boyer he he died he had throat cancer, mm. um, and and then Keith's father, my husband's father died very suddenly of a, of a massive heart attack all in the same year. It was like everybody left and, and, and we moved from New York. Um, we, we, we left New York during that time. None of those were related, you know, but anyways, it just, it was just a time of, of huge upheaval and, and, and change. And then, um, and I was in a, just in a very strange state of haze of depression and and lo- disorientation really and the um, and some of these songs started to come to me and then um, and the arrangements started to come and I was just sitting at the play- piano playing these lines over and over again and finding you know um, ways you know out of that of that space and then the title what to wear in the dark came to me and then over the next 10 years, you know, these songs would come or arrangements of songs would come as, you know, when, when different uh, events were happening and, and some of them were in response to to awful things that were happening in the, in the country and waking up that was happening and some of it were, were more um, uh, light shining through and finding ways out. And so I wanted something that represented all of that.
0: Yeah, I'm getting emotional as you're talking. And what's getting me there is the thought that, well, just how lucky I feel, honestly, to have this piano in my home that I feel connected with. And whenever I feel lost, I can just go there. I can go sit there. And it is this refuge. It's like it's my temple. It's my church. Mm. I can sit there and just know that – and. Th- People might think I sound crazy, but I consider my piano a a living being. I feel like we have this symbiotic relationship. And when I sit down, I'm actually asking it to tell me Mm. what it wants to say. And Mm -hmm. some days it's not much. It's like one note or it's just sit, Deidre, just sit. And other days I'll put my hands up and they'll just kind of start wandering. And sometimes a song will come out. Sometimes a song won't come out. Sometimes it's I want to play a song from before or a little classical something. And it, I never know what it's going to be if I'm truly in that moment. But I, what I do know is that it is, it's never failed me. It's never, mm-hmm. ever failed me. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. writing this poem once on the subway years ago when I moved here. And the first lines are just, music will save you. M- music will save you. I chant as, as the lines fly past. Just... Mm cuz i just feel lucky to have found that that's part of what i want to help everybody know is that there's this thing that's in all of us that if we let it mm. will be there for us it's mm. it's like in there we don't have to do anything to deserve it it's just there right, right. just there um and it's free it's free <laughs> it's all around us it's just tapping into it sometimes is getting all that like shit out of our way is so hard But it is there. Um, And I was thinking about that when you were talking and how grateful I feel to know that now. Um, And I want to go right into um, the song, the Hafiz poem. Um,
1: Tell me the title. It's called um, It Happens All the Time in Heaven. And this was actually, um, I was inspired to to write this for my friend um, Theo Blackman.
2: all the time in heaven
1: someday <laughs> oh <laughs> so nice to get to hear that and listen to it with you you know it's really it feels really special this i think that's the first time it's being played for public so
0: you're gonna have to
1: talk first
0: <laughs> because i'm i can't speak
1: first oh <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet <laughs> boy this it really oh i i just want to point out that um that that Keith uh, Keith Gans is um, amazing work on here. He he co produced. I mean, well, he produced it. And I co produced it with him. But his he just shaped everything and and it, you know the way that he put everything together and mixed it and just it was just such a beautiful um, way that he took every note that was played and made it into you know something made it into the final. Thing. It's a really special process, found... and um, his guitar playing, and 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 Gary's amazing organ playing, and and Sean Smith is on the bass, just killing it, and Clarence Penn on the drums. <laughs> it was just a dream to to record with these guys. Yeah, and
0: and I love the surprise of that song. I just I'm, was immersing my well, Kate and I were both we were jamming along to that, and but. <laughs> immersing myself in it and just even when you would go to like or if it modulated or it went to a surprising place it, it 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 took me out of myself for a minute I was like whoa um and I love songs that do that in a way that feels like it really goes with the song it's like I like being Good. surprised I've often kind of make fun of you know reality show songs um just because it's like you expect that modulation in the certain place and it's going to go up and it's going to go up. I also kind of love that like in musicals, but um, I loved the surprise of this song. And also at the end, there's just all this space to take in what you just heard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's the last yeah, track that, on the yeah. album, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Dakota, we went to just one of those kind of little bit jam, you know, places where it could just repeat and, and we could just dig into you know, the, the, the groove of it and enjoy it. Yeah. Well,
0: and I feel like you're leaving us if that's the end of the album. And I still love listening to whole albums because I feel like there's a story that they're telling Then yeah. you're leaving the listener with such a hopeful place. Like hmm. there's been all of these statements said and truths told. And here's this person from the 14th freaking century who's like, Hey, love is love. And every day, I'm going to get up and I'm going to ask my person, how can I serve you better? What can I do to give you more love? And like that, if that was just every day, we woke up and listened to that. And then there's that little space in the music where it's just like, just consider that. And like someday, my dear, it makes me want to be a better person after listening to that song or reading that poem. Yeah. I just yeah. want to go to my kids and to Ben and my friends and say, My dear, like let me get on my knees and just ask you how I can love you better.
1: It's so beautiful. Ah yeah, that's why that that's why I had to write the music to it because the yeah. poem that's what the poem did to me and and it felt like yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: they'd reached yeah. in and it grabbed you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, when when will um, the general public be able to hear this beautiful piece of work that you've done? We don't have the done? exact
1: release date, but it's the end of July. Yeah, end of July or first week of August, so either one of those okay. weeks.
0: Well, that's so, going to be a beautiful thing for people to have in the middle of summer.
1: Mm, I, mm. I
0: feel like for myself, summer might be a bit hard, actually, because I have now figured out how to exist in this world and mm. the world is always changing and the country in New York it's like they've just announced that New York is opening on July 1st just wow. like opening wow. and i am having a lot of feelings about that i'm excited i'm i'm nervous i don't know how to navigate this new world we're in yeah and i think it might be a bit of a bumpy emotional road yeah. And I love that this album is going to arrive in the summer so that if people need something to help them weather all mm. these feelings, they can go listen to this music.
1: Mm, mm, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to sharing it with sharing it with as many people as possible. I know.
0: <laughs> What's it been like? Um, I'm always, I'm forever curious about this. Collaborating with your actual partner. Mm. How does that? Yeah. I, I mean, I've always really envied people that had that and also said, like, I don't know if I could do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, it, For it, it's it's an interesting um, thing. It's it's we both have the similar um, tastes and that's the saving grace is that we both have the same kind of like even though my, you know, visions or whatever, my, my narratives are what are, drive the arrangements and they drive, um, the, the vibe. Keith, um, he, he, joins with that or he, he understands it or he, he shares it in such as a, um, you know, nuanced degree that he's able to, you know, h- help me translate Things into sound, you know what I mean. Feelings into sound, and that's why he's just. I'm just, you know, so so grateful for for him, you know, because I can do a lot with my voice, you know, for translating feeling into sound, and I can do a little bit, uh, you know, with piano in terms of like coming up with what are some of the the, what are the, you know, how do I want to arrange something and, and what are some of the things that I'm thinking? But then when it comes to translate into performing, it he takes, you know, what the things that I've played and that I've showed him or whatever. And then he translates it into like when he plays it on guitar, it's like a full band. You can hear the mm. drums, you can hear the bass, you can hear, you know, he orchestrates it. Ah. And then he also really helps, um, helps the band be able to translate it for me and 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 find that magic space where everyone's playing their own what they, they're feeling but we're all sharing in a particular kind of vision so that we get a similar result rather than everybody being off in their own yeah. you know world with the sheet music. You right.
0: Know? And you can you can hear that coming togetherness in the music. I was just thinking as you're talking, actually Ben does do that for me because we met at the circus. It was my, you know, he was the, I called him my sound bitch. (laughs) I was was the keyboardist and he was like the, you know, the tech. And so he had to do what I said. Um, But and then years later with my jazz quintet, he, he would, he was the road manager and he did the sound and he helped me set up this and what to buy. And so he, he is, he does help me with my sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. in so many ways, I just had never thought of it like that. Mm. But mm. he—he mm. is—he does help me sort of strip away things to find my voice and how my voice can be represented in different ways in the world. Mm. Um, mm. ah, we're lucky. we <laughs> we we can only wish, you know, and hope that a people find other people, whoever they are in their life, that that get them the way that our people get us. I'm sure that many people have friends out there who do, but I hope that everyone has at least one person that gets their art, their uniqueness, that they can help support it, bringing it into the world.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, And also that everybody remembers that even if that person isn't there right now, you know, there's, there's, support like we're here we love you we support you
1: (laughs) and i didn't meet keith till i was 40
0: (laughs) right i mean i didn't have my kids till way later yeah i met ben my first day in new york but i was not looking i was like actually like that's a whole other story but i i was like "Mm -mm." you know (laughs) i I thought i was going to move to new york and end up with like, you know, a jazz nerd. Was like yeah. it's like, you know, I was off the cruise ship. I, I like had in my mind even this picture of like this was going to be a guy with like glasses. And we were, I don't know. I don't even know. Like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is that preconception? <laughs> and here came this guy who was a lot younger than me. I was like, mm, I don't think so. It's Like, aha. Uh-huh. Best laid plans. Funny.
1: Our 17-year our, our anniversary is tomorrow. <gasps> Happy anniversary, Kate.
0: What are you going to do to celebrate? Do for,
1: I think uh, take a drive out to the country and maybe see some cows and goats. I love that. What yeah. a
0: nice way to celebrate. My <laughs> Let's see. My 16th anniversary with Ben is next week. And we are very safely going to Disney World. <laughs> oh, Very different than cows. Wow. <laughs> um, but – equally as awesome we went there for our honeymoon because we're those people yeah (laughs) um and we actually went four years ago for our anniversary with the kids and it was the best week we've ever had Um, and they're still they're being super strict super safe we're vaccinated and we had postponed it like three times because of the pandemic and the kids finally said, can we just go I was like, well, there's not going to be any characters or any parades or any fireworks. And then I realized what they what they were really asking is, can the four of us go away together and just be together?
2: Mm. I was like, mm. I hear you. Yeah.
0: And I'm actually really excited to spend a week there with they, – they don't have like ride reservations. It's all gone right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you just get this chance to to be slow. Wow. So I'm really, we're so, we're so, we're like ridiculously excited. Ben has bought all this. This is like, I'm going off now, but I'll, anyway, just indulge me for two seconds. He bought yeah. all this um, fabric, like vintage yeah. Disney fabric. So he's been making masks every night for all of us with the Disney fabric. Oh, oh I know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and the girls have said, and he also got this kind of like Mickey and Minnie cute, um, so we're all—all all the family's going to wear those for our anniversary. So yeah, we're total dorks. <laughs> oh, I love, it. I love um, it. But I also love the idea of just taking a drive. Yeah. That sounds lovely. It's like you've been together the whole pandemic. Yeah. You. It's not like you don't see each other all the time. <laughs> right. But, but it's like taking a drive is a different environment
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Happy anniversary. That's so exciting. Thank you. You too. Thank you. I feel like we all, we've all learned it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I want to close with a close, the sermon today (laughs) with a hymn (laughs) from, um, from Moss. Um, And I had not listened to this album until yesterday, which I feel embarrassed to admit because I have several friends in the project, but (laughs) I was thinking like, what am I gonna play for Kate and surprise her? And awesome. I came across this insane, insane arrangement of I Carry You, E. E. Cummings. Um oh boy. I I it's gonna I feel like the listener doesn't even know like how lucky they are about to be. So tell me just a little bit about the arrangement of this song. It's amazing.
1: Um, well, the song um i i um i wrote the music and the music and the arrangement are kind of went hand in hand a lot of a lot of it um, um i wrote the the song in it in as i was leaving a a really important relationship in my life and um and that the, this was the the lyric that that came to me was the i mean this poem came to me and um, and so I, and it was actually part of an assignment for something for a class I was doing with and I think, mm. and, and, uh, and she said, you know, set, set a song, a poem to, to music and, and just as all this was happening, then I, I, you know, put that in and, um, and then when Moss started, I brought the song to them and, and then everyone took different parts and then, um. Each of them, you know, Luciana uh, Sosa and Peter Eldridge and Lauren Kinnon and Theo Blackman, they're all, you know, Lauren and Peter are part of New York Voices. And they're like, you know, experts at, you know, singing in groups. And Moss was kind of like a different way um, to, to come together as a group. But they everybody just brought their own sensibility to the lines and, and put in different, different lines, but it already had all these different parts to it because that's just how I arranged it. You'll see some similarities between that and the Hafiz poem because it has just different sections and um, some of them are rubato and then some of them are going to tempo and it goes in and out Um, and the melodies really change. So, um, so it's kind of, that's, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. It's a, it's a love song, a goodbye song. Here it is. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart.
2: I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart.
4: Fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet, I want no world, for beautiful you are, my world, my true. You are whatever a moon has always meant And whatever a sun will always sing is you You are whatever a moon has always meant And whatever a sun will always sing Find ways And whatever yeah. That's keeping the stir. I carry your heart, I carry it in my heart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. I carry. always Kate
3: McGarry,
0: you are a freaking joy. Kate McGarry, (laughs) I want to go write music. People, let's go. Let's go. Let's go write music. Let's go (laughs) speak love to our loved ones. Let's carry people in our hearts. Mm. Let's be better. Let's (laughs) ask people how we can serve. Let's do it. Kate, I'm I'm fired up by you, Kate. I love you so much.
1: Uh, me too. Love to you. Thank you for creating beautiful place where I could share my work with you and with your people and um, with our people. Thank you so much.
0: I I don't know how anybody could be in a bad mood after that. I just don't know. <laughs> um, thank you for giving so generously of yourself, mm. being vulnerable, showing up today, and just sharing your gifts and talking honestly about. Your process and all the feelings and the darkness, which is a part of coming to the light, all of the things. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming people can just find you at katemcgarry.com and all the places. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thank you, Deirdre. Uh, thank, thank
0: you me. so much, Kate. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. You can find everything Song Inside at thesonginside.me. You can leave a voicemail at anchor.fm slash thesonginside. And until next week, remember... Everyone has a song inside, including you.